and welcome to the February edition of Let's Talk Low Vision, sponsored by the ACB's affiliate, the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. I want to welcome you all here this evening and present a great double header tonight. We have two guests. Our first guest is from Ira, and our second one is from Essentially Braille. I think most everyone is very familiar with Ira, but Ira has some new and exciting things going on there these days. And Tiffany Menashe is with us and will be talking to us tonight about the uh, work that they've put into the new app that they've developed and about their desktop features. And with that, I want to welcome you, Tiffany. Thank you so very much. And tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do at IRA. Um, So I have been with IRA since the very beginning. I was uh, the second explorer, actually, to join IRA. I was so fascinated, excited, and just amazed at what all IRA could do as a a blind person. Um, I was at a convention, and they were able to assist me getting to booths. And actually, there was this gentleman who was, like, over six feet tall, and he had a beanie on his head, and each section had a different color, and the agent was describing that information to me like wow this is something I want to be a part of and and get connected with it Um, so I joined and from there I've worked as part of their customer care team I've worked with their sales team but um, my passion really is uh, training the IRA agents and so I am an IRA trainer Uh uh-huh and so you've been working why don't we talk about the the new app. And, yeah. Uh, I know I was talking with Janine and she was talking with that a lot of input went into the new app from the perspective of people with low vision and some of the, the changes and improvements that were made to the app. Now, let me ask you my first question about the app is I understand that it's right now, at least, um, only for Android? Is that, am I correct or am I out in the field somewhere with that? No, no. So it's for the um, iPhone and the Android. Um, however, it has come out first on the Google Play Store. Um, so it will be coming shortly to the Apple, uh, the App Store. Uh, but right, right now it is available. Um, there's been some beta testing of it, of both Android and iOS users. Um, but uh, it, it is available right now on the, the Google Play Store. Uh-huh. And what can you tell us about the new, what's, what is different about the new app? Um, so basically with the, with the new app, um, they really have kind of um, critiqued it, you know, made it more efficient, um, probably eliminated a few things that maybe weren't being used by most explorers. Um, but really making it easier to navigate um, throughout throughout the app. 
Um, and then, of course, the, the desktop app, which is quite similar, um, also is just as amazing. I mean, um, being able to utilize Ira on the desktop, not having to use TeamViewer, you can just use the desktop app. Um, you can, you know, send messages through the, the app, um, both the desktop and the mobile app. Um, there's just a lot of great things that are going to be available for, for both. And um, I think a lot of people are really going to like uh, its its new, the, the ease and the way people are using it. And I understood, um, as I understand it, I honestly have not seen it yet, but as I understand it, there's been some work done on uh, colors and color contrasts. Yeah. And some other things as so far as the camera. With the app, um, the mobile app, um, there's lots of great different color uh, distinction, distinctions. Um, the, the background of the whole app is like a dark blue, and then the call button is like a sky uh, blue. And then the, there's some other buttons below that that are even a lighter color. So there's really um, distinct color differentials uh, between all of the buttons um, right on the screen so that people with low vision can distinguish between the various sections of, of the, the home screen of the app. That is really cool. You know, it's usually so often, so often it's uh, just gray on darker gray or something like that. And, yeah, yeah. Now they really have tried to utilize it so that people with low vision can really distinguish between uh, the various items on the screen and uh, you really can tell what's what. And let me ask you, um, why, what advantage, I mean, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of advantages for people who um, maybe don't have have little or no usable vision, but why would a person with low vision? Well, let, well, let me reword that. What advantages does Ira present for a person with low vision um, over just using the camera on their phone? And enlarging something. Um, does well, that make sense? I think so. I'm not sure, though. So if I don't answer, please let me know. Um, you know, by just using your camera, yeah, magnifying things that, that might get you to what you need. Um, but Ira's more than than that. I mean, it's a tool in your toolbox. It really allows you the independence and productivity to be able to do things with someone who is either either has low vision or who is blind. Um, the ability to, you know, maybe someone who's low vision, they go into, let's say, someplace like Target, and they can't tell what the price tag of an item is because it's just it's not, can't quite get it big enough. You know, they could call an agent and it could quickly tell them, you know, the size and the pricing without really having to fight to see what that is. That's what I've always thought was, is a wonderful thing about it. Um, I know I, I'm so used to one of our grocery stores here. 
uh, that I've, you know, I, I kind of know where everything is. But if I go into, let's say, the Safeway as opposed to the Giant, um, it's like a whole new world to me. And I, I just, I yeah, and you, you might be able just to... exactly that point, right? And you, you might know, okay, you can find the milk, but maybe you want. 2% or almond milk, you know, and that print is just a little bit too small for you to be able to read. Well, an agent could quickly, you know, you call Iron, they could quickly tell you, oh, no, the almond milk is too over to your right or too over to your left or up or down a shelf, you know, very quickly without really having to fight to see what you're looking at. Yeah, and I think that is, that's a real good advantage, a really major advantage yeah. to people of this. Um, what else can you tell us about the, about what's going on, uh, about the new apps? Well, there's a lot of exciting things. I mean, there's different ways to utilize, you know, Ira. You can use it on your Android, your iPhone, um, blind shell, uh, the Envision glasses. Um, you know, like I say, the desktop app. Um, and then of course, you know, your, your phone as well. But, um, you know, they're really striving to make it, accessible anywhere and everywhere. And I think that's what's a really cool um, part of IRA is they really want anyone and and everywhere to to be able to utilize the service anytime, day or night. And the desktop app, that uh, I'm assuming, it just seems logical to me, uh, that the desktop app is for primarily like for a laptop, uh, something that would have a camera yep, or a desktop correct. may not. Desktop that might have a camera, um, Macs, you know, either PC or Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, those all have, you know, cameras built into them. Um, and, you know, you can do a lot with it. You can send messages. You can, uh, you know, provide that kind of information to the agent while they're looking stuff up. Um, there have been times when um, the, I've tried to purchase something on my phone and I can't quite get to where you have to mark, you know, check. Thank you. you know, <laughs> welcome. Check, check this box to continue kind of thing. And um, I will launch the desktop app and call an agent. So as I was saying, um, you know, lots of times they're like check boxes that we can't quite find. And so I have launched the desktop app and used the camera from there and I'll put my phone up and said, can you direct me to where that box is so I can check it to purchase, you know, whatever. And they can, and then I hit just submit and, you know, I'm on my way because, you know, those are just a few features that, that'll be coming uh, soon to, to the, the mobile app and as well as, you know, utilizing it even easier and quicker uh, no matter where you are. They, they will be coming soon. So those are not currently available. Um, so the desktop app is available now. You can go to ira.io slash desktop and you can uh, download it and take a look at the desktop app. Like I say, it's got great features. You can uh, have, you know, video, audio. You can share your screen with with an agent um, right there on the fly so you don't have to open up anything else. And you can just do it all within that app, which is really great. Uh, compared to what, you know, before if someone needed to have access to your computer, you had to use TeamViewer 
you know, to remote in. So now this is all done right within the desktop app and uh, it makes it even easier for agents to assist with computer tasks. So it's, it's got a lot of great features. You can send, you can provide, let's say you've got a document that you want to send. You can send it through the desktop app. You don't have to email. It can all be done right within the app. You can do it right within the app. With the desktop app, yes. Yeah, with the desktop app, so you don't need to um, have it in your vault and all of that. Right. You can just do it from your own MS Word or where have you, right. wherever it may be. Right. That, I think, is a, is a, is a great advantage. Uh, I know we, they were talking about that uh, the other day. Uh, Janine was on um, Sunday edition with Anthony, and they were talking about that and being able to just – you know, send someone your resume, you know, that kind of thing or yeah, uh, that you, you could do it that with, with it. And, uh, and I think yeah. that's, that's, yeah. the I think that's really the, the striving is, is, you know, making it easy for the, the consumers, the customers, the explorers and the agents so that, you know, the tasks can be done quickly um, and efficiently. Very, very cool. Now let me ask you, we, I think we have some people on here this evening and or possibly listening to us this evening or that will be listening to our podcast later. What kind of pricing, how much, what, what kind of cost is there to IRA? So IRA is a subscription-based um, program um, and there are several different levels um, so really the best way to, to go and check is to go to ira.io slash uh, offset dash prices, and that will really lay out everything. Um, so what you'll see is you'll see a retail price, and that is the price um, that it costs IRA to run the service. And then you'll see the customer price, which is um, reduced. And so they wanted to share, you know, both the retail price and the offset price to everyone so you could see exactly what it costs for IRA to run and then what it would cost you, the individual. Um, so the plan starts as, um, you know, 15 minutes is the smallest plan and it can go all the way up to several hundred minutes um, a month, depending on how much you might utilize IRA. So it, it really, yes, really I have some friends that are, that are, uh, I think I have one friend who just says the, it sounds like the unlimited um, and others that are, you know, 20, 15 or 30 minutes or something like that. Yeah. The, I think the other cool thing is that there are so many um, what are called IRA access locations now, and it's growing every day. Um, and what that is, is the ability to use a company's minutes instead of your own minutes. Um, so like, for example, Target is an IRA access location. So I can go into Target anywhere in the United States use targets minutes and not my own minutes there's a lot of them listed airports museums banks a couple of grocery stores uh, colleges and universities it's really growing day to day and that's the really cool thing um, to really you know lower the costs of ira is really to get more ira access locations and um, that's being worked on daily one of the groceries chains near us is wegman's yeah, and they absolutely. have it. They yeah. have it. Yeah. Yeah. They so do. you don't use you don't use your minutes. You use Wegman's minutes. 
that, then that is good. And, but do any of them have any kind of limitations? Do you nope. know offhand? Not that, not that I'm aware of, no. Ah, that is yeah. good to know. Nope. Um, um, I recently used it uh, going through the airport. I've been traveling and uh, several of the airports, you know, are IRA access locations, which is awesome. Um, really helps with traveling. And I, like I say, you know, anything and everything can be done with, with IRA. The sky's the limit. It certainly seems that way. It certainly does. But I do think that the the whole program is it's very, very interesting. Um, yeah. And now one of the things that I know a lot of people um, I've heard talk about is the IRA agents. Yes. Now they are bonded, it's my understanding. So yep. the you know, I, I know some people have said, I don't really, I don't know what I want to do as far as filing my tax return. Do I want somebody that I don't know having all of my information kind of thing? Um, and that's something that, what kind of security is there for people on uh, that subject? So, um, you know, that's a great question. And, and I actually did my taxes two years ago with Ira um, and they remoted in, they read the questions. I filled out the information. Um, so they never took any of my information and captured it in any way. Um, they just read the information on the screen and helped me, you know, answer the questions that I needed to answer um, or read the information from my documents. Um, Cause when I was doing it, I didn't have any other way to, read the document. So they would take a picture of it and then they would delete it um, just before I ended the call. So I knew all the, all those images were removed because it is, you know, pertinent information, um, but they are required to, you know, have confidentiality and privacy and all of that. So um, it is safe to utilize IRA for any sensitive information. I think that's that's something you know, especially at this time of year when everybody's yeah got their ten forties pulled out. <laughs> yep. yep. Um the other question that that I wanted to ask you about, especially once you mentioned that you were the second of the explorers, is can you tell us a little bit about the whole explorer experience? And um, how that works or so when you call an agent from your phone, um, basically there's a big round button in the middle of the phone and you tap on it and it connects through the back of your camera um, is what the agents see out of is the camera that's on the back of your phone, whether it be, you know, blind shell or an Android or an iPhone. And it, it really is limited on what you can use it for. Um, you know, they can read things, they can help with navigation, they can help you find something that maybe you've dropped. Um, maybe they can help read a recipe or read your mail, or I've gone to Disney World with them. I've watched hot air balloons go up in the sky and they've described the different balloons. Um, I actually, my, my favorite task with Ira is um, navigating Arlington National Cemetery on my own with some friends. And um, that that was, I think, the highlight of everything I have done with Ira is being able to do that independently without 
requesting it six months to a year in advance. That would be an amazing experience. Yeah. I've been to Arlington a number of times and um, you're right because there are just, you know, it, especially in some place like that where so much, everything looks alike. Yeah. You know, they're all yeah. the same white crosses, that kind of thing that you don't want to be stepping on graves to see whose name is on which one yeah. type thing and that. But that that's that would be an awesome experience. You're yeah, right. my, my father was buried there, and I had the agent look up his plot number, and um, he, the agent that I had, navigated myself and four others through the entire place to my father's grave, and then to uh, the Kennedy site and the astronauts and the changing of the guard. It was just amazing to be able to do it by myself. Um, because I've done it many other times, and it's usually, like I say, six months to a year in advance to request assistance at Arlington. So to be able to do it just like anybody else, walk on the property, fire up Ira and say, you know, I'd like to go here. And, you know, just like anybody else. It really is incredible. Yeah. Museums, you know, Smithsonian Museums, you know, had an agent describing stuff behind glass, you know, describing the Lincoln Memorial just like I say, you name it. I've done all sorts of stuff with Arab because it is something that, you know, I realized that they're, they're a pair of eyes and it's another tool in my toolbox when I can't see things. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Well, how about if we see if people have some questions for you? Sure. Um, uh, I want to thank Kathy Farina for hosting us this evening. You know, if anyone knows of anyone that might be a good agent, um, they're always hiring new agents. And once again, ira.io um, slash our-agents. Um, they're also hiring a vice president of blindness initiative. Um, and that can be found on their website as well as ira.io slash February-hiring. Well, I know that Larry has his hand raised, so why don't we start there? Good evening, Larry. You can unmute. I saw you before, but I don't hear you. Good e- Good evening. There you are. Good okay, evening. Okay, here, here I am. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. What does IRIS stand for? Um, so I've heard a couple of variations, but um, I think the the main one is... Artificial intelligence with real-time assistance is one of the key key ones I've, uh, I've heard it as. So it's it's something like uh, be my eyes, but without a real person helping you. Um, so it is with a real person. Um, it utilizes the camera on the back of your phone and connects with a live agent. Um, however, the agents with Ira are trained professional agents who have experience working with blind and low vision users, whereas mm-hmm. Be My Eyes is just volunteers. Right, right. Okay, so it's I-R-A dot I-O? A-I-R-A dot I-O. A-I-R-A dot I-O. Correct. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Larry. Mm-hmm. And Natalie. All right, um, just a Well, two quick questions. One, um, do you guys still do the 
five minute free phone call. I mean, five minute free calls. Is that still a thing? It is. Um, so okay. it's once a call. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. a, an explorer, it's once a call every 12 hours. And if you're a guest, I believe it's once every 24. I'm not, I'm not sure as a guest, but I know as an okay. explorer, it's once every 12 hours. Okay. And my second question. So for the desktop app, does it pretty much work like um, team viewer? So let's say I was applying for a job. Um, could I just share my yes, screen on yep. a website? Yep. Okay. So when you go into the app and you're connected with an agent, you have some options um, right there. Um, you can screen share and then it'll ask you what you want to share, just like if when you were on TeamViewer. Um, but it just it does it all within the app, which is what I think is really cool is you don't have to go out and, and yeah, that's cool. use other apps on top of Ira. So it's combined all within the app. Okay, great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thanks, Natalie. And Jane, if you want to unmute, there you are. Uh, Thank you, Terry. Um, Two questions, if I may. Uh, First of all, um, how will we know if we have an Apple device when this new app is going to come out? Is it going to add a different name to it? Or do we have to enable the other one to get this new one? My other question is, you know, like when you go into McDonald's or Wendy's, the menu's up on the wall. Can you read that? So um, I believe that once uh, it's been released to the App Store, um, you'll receive an email notification that it has been released. Um, I know that's what they did with the, the Google one. They sent out an email. So there will be an email release for, for when it's at the App Store. Um, and as far as menus, yes, I've done it um, at... Panera Bread and uh, Burger King and those kind of places. Um, so they will, I'll tilt my camera up. Um, they'll take a picture and then they'll zoom in and read the information to you. Okay. So uh, just another quick question. This this thing, will, will you get a notification on your email or it will go into the app store? Um, so um, once it's the new app is is ready to be released, uh, I believe there will be an email communication from Ira. Oh, okay, gotcha. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Jane. And Mr. Frank, good evening. Hello there. Good evening. I was just going to say, from what I had read, and if you go to the website, you can ask for the different fees. I believe what I remember. If you're just a guest, it was one five minutes every 48 hours. And how many five-minute free you get depends on which plan you are on. And I forget it. No, it runs from one a day to, you said, every 12 hours. And I think the most is like every four hours. So it, it, it varies. But if you go to that website, what is it, AIRA.io, Correct. You can you can then ask for the fee structure and they'll ma- email it to you immediately. It's actually right on the website. Um, uh, up at the top, there is. Oh, it is a, up there now. Okay. Yep, pricing and plans. Um, so you okay. just click on that link. Um, also at the top is the link of all the IRA access locations. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of great links. If you just go to ira.io, um, you'll find all of those links at the top of the page. And on your app, even if you're not subscribed, it'll tell you all of the the hotspots in your area, the local targets, Correct. the yep. 
uh, I forget who else. Oh, TD Bank, <laughs> where I go. Yes. Yep, Bank of America, TD Bank. There's some grocery stores. There's, like I say, colleges, airports. Um, oh, coffee, a- coffee. Uh, Starbucks. Starbucks. Yep. Starbucks. And tell you where all those. And if you can't find a Starbucks, just go to Ira and it'll tell you where the lo- closest Starbucks is. You're a New Englander and you do Starbucks instead of Dunkin'? <laughs> no, no, they're, they're, they have both, but, you know. I'm just teasing you. Yes. Just teasing. So, yeah. All when right. You well, up- thank you, Tom. Now, you were saying something, Tiffany, about a position and a couple of things there. And, unfortunately, we had Jaws and uh, Chanel's recording in the back. Uh, I think you ended up actually in the background with it. So if you want to uh, give us that information one more time, that would be great. Sure. So um, if you know someone who you think might be a great IRA agent, um, they're always looking for new agents. And so ira.io slash our dash agents. Um, you can find the application to fill out for agents if they're interested. Like I say, they're always looking for great agents. And then the other position is a vice president of blindness initiative. And that is at ira.io slash February dash hiring. And it gives all the uh, description of the position and everything there. So if you know of anyone looking for a job, have them check it out. Well, thank you very much. And thanks for joining us this evening. And we may have a few more questions for you as we um, progress through our call. Sure. But I'm going to give you a chance to go get one, to at least think about one of those Starbucks coffees for a little bit. Well, we go on to our second guest of the evening, and that is Tonya Drew. And Tonya is a person with low vision who has a small business, uh, namely it's called Essentially Braille. And good evening, Tonya. Oh, sorry. I there didn't you are. You. Good evening. <laughs> there you are. Good evening. I tell me, how did you get into the Braille transcription business? Uh, well, that's a really interesting story. I had been living in Kentucky and I decided that my children were getting older and I wasn't homeschooling as much as I used to. And I had been very, very, very ill. And it's very common for me when I have an illness for my vision to go even lower and then come back. But this time it didn't really come back. And so I began to explore. I knew I needed to have a different kind of job and I began to explore options. And it was suggested to me that I look into transcription because I don't have credentials to teach Braille. And I had been a teacher for so many years. I was like, oh, you know, that's a shame because I would really enjoy teaching Braille. I began to look into taking the courses and got into that and got certified. In the middle of getting certified, the state said, well, if you're going to attempt to do that through OVR, we need to see a business plan. So a friend and I decided we were going to work on it together and we put together a business plan and they weren't happy with me. (laughs) 
<laughs> because they were like, the business plan is like step nine and you are on step one. And I was like, you know what? This isn't my first rodeo. This isn't the first business I've ever run. I think I'm just going to go do this on my own. And so I got out of uh, vocational rehab and I started essentially Braille with the help of my reading assistant, Jennifer Reith. And um, I have a volunteer proofreader, Jeffrey uh, Friedlander. And um, oh, yes. webmaster is um, Ben Drew, my husband. So we all of us together put this the whole business together and got it out there. Uh-huh. And so how long have you been... Having been in business now, uh, we actually opened it in 2019. Um, I didn't get certified until the next fall, but <laughs> it was, we were just like, you know what? Is there some reason we can't legally do transcriptions? And we looked into it and found out that we could do all the transcribing we wanted. We just have to tell people that we're not certified. So until I got certified, we just made it clear, hey, nobody's certified in this business. We're just doing it. And uh, so that's kind of how we got started. Uh-huh. And so you're you're doing you're doing well with it. You're enjoying it. I can't even begin to tell you how much I enjoy what I do. I, um, I'm doing okay. Uh, I recently got some work with Texas Health out of Plano, Texas. Um, they had a patient come in who was blind, who needed their exercises put into Braille so that they could do them independently. And they contacted me on a Wednesday and they said, her surgery is Monday. Can you do this? And I was like, well, send it to me and I'll see what I can do for you. But I said, we're going to have to overnight this. And they're like, okay, just let us know how much everything costs. And and if you can do it, you've got the job. And so I did. I sat down, took me less than an hour from beginning to end to put together the exercises and emboss them, bind them, put them in an envelope go to the post office, find out how much it was to overnight it and uh, uh, get it all taken care of. And they were so overjoyed with the job that I had done for them and the reaction of that patient to be able to receive the exercises in Braille in her hands. Uh, she was so excited to be able to do that independently and they were thrilled to be able to give it to her. So they've hired me to do some more pamphlets for them. <laughs> and uh, this is the reason I do what I do. You know, the people like that is why I do it, because she was able to take that home. And when her husband was not available to coach her, it he had everything in Braille that she and so she knew how to do it. That's wonderful. And especially during the in 2019 and that during the pandemic when it was so hard to get anybody to do to read for someone or something like that i mean that was just a perfect arrangement for you, you uh that that you filled that you filled it was you know a perfect need that you that you filled um 
And so are you doing primarily medical type? I have done all sorts of transcriptions. I've done ham radio books. I've done cookbooks. I've done um, general reading. I have done mysteries. I've done all sorts of things that um, usually when somebody calls me, they can't get it any other way. Hard copy print is the only thing they can find. And that's when they call me and they say, you know, this is a 300 page book, you know, can you give me an estimate and I can give them an estimate. And then I always try to estimate higher than I'm actually going to charge them. I say, you know, here's your estimate, but you know, it's probably not going to run that. And so far, most of my clients are very happy. Um, And sometimes I get to hang on to the files and, you know, somebody else might come along and say, you know, I'd really like a copy of that book in in Braille. Could you do that? I've also done large print. That's something new for us as a team. I decided that I really, because I still can use uh, large print if the font is large enough. And I've run into a lot of people that have other types of vision problems. They're not low vision. They're not blind. But uh, one lady, for instance, wanted a particular book in large print because she had a traumatic brain injury and she frequently has double vision. And so she ordered a couple of copies of a particular book from me because I had it in large print for her. So uh, that's something else we have branched into that I'm really excited about. It's been a long time coming because, you know, I studied so hard on the Braille and I needed to learn, okay, here's how to switch that to Word and make it large print. Right. And what do, are you a a Dux user? (laughs) Yes, I use Duxbury. Um, I thought... Oh, you know, Duxbury would be a good one to use because the course, when you take the transcription course, they want you to use Perky Duck. Perky Duck. And since they are made by the same company, I was like, oh, you know, Duxbury would be great. I I, honestly, it has taken me all this time to learn how to use it. (laughs) I'm finally to a point where I, instead of a transcription taking me three to four weeks, I might be able to do it in a week. It just depends on, you know, are we taking a book and literally using an OCR program to put it into the right program? Or is it already in a manuscript form and we can literally copy and paste it and I can just reformat for Braille? And the more I learn about Duxbury, the faster that goes. It, yeah, I I actually had a, had a Braille transcription business for a few years um, before I went to work full time doing it uh, for the government and said I can't do this full time and part time at home and uh, I did learn an awful lot um, with the deck uh, with from Duxbury and I I to this day still use Duxbury both at home and at work. And uh, 
yeah, Perky Duck is like so much fun. <laughs> um, that's something I was quite happy to get finished with was Perky Duck. But it, you know, but I mean, it made a lot of sense. It was something great to learn with. And it, um, Dex, you know, Dexter just has so much support. There's so much great support from them when there is an issue. Uh, they've got a great, um, the Dex user list, email listserv, and they support people. Um, it's a woman, and I think there's a man, I think there's a third one now, and Don Brita. And, uh, Don's, Don's pretty, been pretty well known through the years around ACB. He, oh, he used to, I think he still comes sometimes, um, uh, for the exhibit hall convention. And I, I, I don't know. I've, I've tried several, uh, you know, a few of the other transcription software and applications. And I still always go back to Dexpree myself. Um, and it's maybe part of it is, uh, one of the things that you, you may not be old enough to remember this, but Duxbury was built on WordPerfect, like WordPerfect 5.1. And there's an awful lot of the same commands, you know, even the reveal code, that kind of thing. Um, that if you knew WordPerfect, Back in the day, um, prior to uh, it, prior to Windows, uh, it uh, works. It's it's very it's there's an awful lot of similarities. Um, I know it was developed by a group of people, primarily from MIT and the greater Boston area, and that's how. Did you know that that's how it's got its name? They used to meet every week at um, one of their homes was in Duxbury, Massachusetts, and uh, which is a, t- a town on the south shore of uh, the south, south side of Boston. And that's where the term, that's where the name of the company came from. What is that? Just as an edited, a little, one of those little history pieces that I added in. But, um, okay, so. What do you think is different about doing a Braille transcription work as a person with low vision as opposed to a person who's totally blind or a person who's fully sighted? Do you think that there are any differences? Personally, I think that um, if you had all the equipment to do it I don't think I don't think that it would be there would be a big difference between doing it if you were completely blind or doing it with low vision. However, um, I just really liked the option of having my friend Jennifer who reads for me because anything I've noticed that certain OVR programs miss things. And she is able to take an OVR program, do her thing with it, and then go through and check and make sure that it didn't miss anything. Whereas for me, that would slow me down so much because I wouldn't be, you know, I would have to strain my eyes to make sure nothing was left behind, nothing was missed. 
Mm-hmm. So I I think that there are some advantages, disadvantages, that kind of thing. Um, you know, one of the things that I banged my head against the wall is I have a Cubrail XL that I supposedly was supposed to be able to use. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is that having to switch from using something as a sighted person to using it as a person with low vision has been an adventure for me because I didn't under, I didn't have an understanding before of how a braille display worked. I didn't have an understanding of how Duxbury worked, but over time I've been able to close my eyes and go, Oh yeah, that makes sense if you listen to it instead of trying to look at it. So there, there are some certain things like that, the nuances that I would never would have thought of before. That's, yeah, that's, it's true. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. One of the things that I've always found is that I tend to, um, I tend to work in DXB where my husband, who's totally blind, will work in DXP. Uh, I, I tend to, you know, if I, if I am going through to check something, that little yellow line at the bottom of text is is just very, very helpful. And, um, and in DXB, I can do the six-key correction if I need to of a misspelled word or what have you. Um, and... And it converts now so so nicely from Word that you can get almost – it's pretty rare that you can't um, just copy and paste something from Word in uh, – uh, not so much copy and paste, but bring it into Duxbury straight from Word and uh, run it through your uh, – through the Duxbury and straight into your – well, I have, what do I have? I have uh, three, um, my mind just went blank on the name of them, um, the 60s. Uh, I have three transcri- three embossers is what I'm trying to say. And uh, it, 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 the whole thing can just work so easily. And I think it can work very easily, for, you know, a lot pretty easily for people with low vision. And and it is, you know, especially with a lot of us who have low vision who also do know Braille. And um, it's definitely, I think it's definitely, and, you know, a, um, I don't want to call it a cottage industry. I think it can be. I think it can be something much more than that at the same time. And um, I'm just wondering if you agree. Do you have a, uh, I, 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 do you do it? Do you have an office or? I have an office in my home. Um, I know my, uh, reader, Jennifer, she has a little corner in the bedroom. That's her office. Um, um, I'm trying, I don't remember what Jeffrey said he does. I think he just carries the books wherever he needs to. <laughs> um, and, uh, my husband, Ben actually uses my office or the family room or wherever he feels like working. So, um, yeah, I think 
I think calling it a cottage industry is not too far off. Um, it, it it really is a great way to work from home. And that was something that I always placed value in because there were times that they said, eh, we don't want you driving right now till you get your bioptics. You know, they, they, they kept taking me off the road and putting me back on the road and it kept going back and forth. And, you know, I can't drive at night. Nine tenths of employers didn't want to hire me because I can't drive at night. And, you know, they wanted to be able to get me in their, you know, place of work anytime they wanted me. They couldn't do that with me. And so, you know, when I was homeschooling my son's and all of that kind of thing, it was important to me to work from home. And so this has been a unique opportunity for me because I I do get an opportunity to help people. And, you know, I make a little money on the side doing something I absolutely love. And so I don't work a day in my life. I really don't. It, I enjoy each and every time I sit down at that computer and I work on a transcription. Now, of course, there are days that Jeffrey kicks my behind. I'm telling <laughs> you, I, I'm like, are you kidding? This can't be all wrong. And he's like, it's not all wrong, but you need to correct these things. <laughs> um, but, Jeffrey is amazing. Uh, Jeffrey's amazing. Yeah. I know he used to, um, he used to run into Jeffrey a lot. Uh, actually, I still do. Um, but not quite as often, but he would call, you know, he'd uh, come up with something and he'd call the editor of the Braille Forum, Sharon, and say, you know, on page 63, there's one extra dot. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he, he's been amazing, though, because he um, is. between him, uh, Kyle DeJute has been wonderful in helping me really learn all the ins and outs of Duxbury. And between him and Kyle, I'm like, okay, somebody tell me how I got certified without knowing that. And there's been so many (laughs) things I've learned. And that's, that's been the big thing for me is having to remain teachable. Yes, I'm a certified transcriber, but I do not know everything. And I enjoy learning. So it's like, Okay, Jeffrey, bring it. <laughs> what did I do wrong this time? Just bring it. Barry, it's 925, just to let you know. Thank you very much. Um, well, I want to thank both of you. Um, Tiffany, excuse me, I'm not sure where that came from. Um, I want to thank both of you, Tiffany and Tanya, for joining us this evening I think you've both brought a lot for us to think about. And I do have um, one raised hand, and so we do have time for that. And that's Edward. Good evening, Edward. Good evening, everyone. And hello, Tanya. It's Edward Cohen. I, I just wanted to sing Tanya's praises. I've had the pleasure of meeting her several years ago. And letting her know that helping people through Braille is not the first time that she's uh, stepped forward to help people with vision issues going back to a previous uh, place she lived. Maybe she would had time to mention that. And uh, best luck, best luck to you, Tanya, what you're doing. Thank you, Edward. It's good to hear from you tonight. 
Yeah, I, I, this is definitely not the first time I've wanted to do something to help the visually impaired. I was born with, um, I guess it was kind of a mystery to my family, to the doctors. They didn't know exactly what was wrong. And so I grew up wishing that there was an easier way for me to get through school. (laughs) I loved reading, but the print just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, I made my first Braille alphabet card when I was in the sixth grade, and I was told to put it away because I didn't need it. And little did they know that this would be the direction my life would go. So it it definitely is not my first time. My grandmother lost all of her sight to macular degeneration. And I remember helping her. And it, like I said, it just came naturally. If somebody can't see, I, I want to help. And so this all came naturally to me. That's amazing. Um, I have a very similar, mine was a very similar situation um, for, to what you just described. As a matter of fact, Ralph Smitherman had asked me to write an article about it that will be in the summer, summer edition of the um, Brown Memorandum, the uh, Bear Revival League's uh, magazine uh, newsletter. And I thank you very much all. Yes. Terry, can we get Tanya t- or um yeah, Tanya's, Tanya's contact, contact information. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Tanya, can you give us how people can get in touch with you? Sure. Um, the business uh, website address is essentiallybraille.com. And um, anybody can email me anytime at essentiallybraille at gmail.com. And uh, if you go to the website, you can get all of the information about other ways to contact us. If you would prefer phone or whatever, that's all listed on the website. Perfect. Thank you very much. Again, I want to thank you. And I want to thank Tiffany from Ira for being with us this evening. I want to thank Kathy. Marina and Natalie and Christine Shaken, who hasn't had a chance to even say hello tonight. Uh, my partner in crime in getting Let's Talk Low Vision put together every month. And wish you all a great month ahead. And we will be back on March 21st with a, um, a something very different, I think. I think it should prove to be very interesting. I'm not going to tell you a whole lot about it yet. I want to make sure that it's confirmed first. But I think it's going to have to do with uh, rehab centers, or one in particular. Uh, Thank you all. Thank you all very much, and have a great month ahead. And we'll see you on March 21st. Good Good night. Good evening, everyone. Good night.